bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, and wow, where do you hear this show? We have a triathlete as our guest today, and you know, I tell this story all the time. I really thought it was such a big deal when I did my first walking half marathon over a year ago. As a matter of fact, I remember when I crossed the line, and remember now, I didn't run in this half marathon. I walked in this half marathon. And I remember crossing the line and saying, okay, 52 years old, and I have epilepsy, and I made it. Then I hear about Mark Ashby. Now, if you're not familiar with the Ironman competition, talk about making everything I just said pale by comparison. This is, to me, the most absolutely phenomenal, amazing race of all. Try to imagine going out one day and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to swim for... 2.4 miles, and then right when I'm done with that, I'm going to do a 112-mile bike ride. And then when I get done with that, guess what I'm going to do? Run a marathon. I mean, is that amazing? That makes my half-marathon walk seem like, I don't know, walking downstairs right now. Now, imagine doing all of that and you're a person with epilepsy. That is why, to me, when I heard this story from my good friend Bob, I said, you know what? This guy breaks all attitudinal barriers, breaks all stigmas, what a star. Mark Ashby, welcome to our show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I, as I just stated, you are breaking every stigma possible with what you are doing because you know many people today, they, they, can't, they can't even imagine that you can have a job being an accountant sitting at a desk and be okay with epilepsy, let alone what, what you have done, which defies, by the way, every single thing people say as to why people with epilepsy cannot work. So since we have listeners throughout the world, I thought maybe we could start, Mark, with you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. For example, when did you first find out that you were a person with epilepsy? And maybe you can even tell us how you felt and how your family reacted, you know, what it was like for you. Sure, sure. Well, in 1981, uh, I graduated high school too, and uh, about four days later, I was I was leaving for the Marine Corps. Uh, I had chosen to go in the Marine Corps and uh, pretty much had my sights set on a career in the Marines, um, and then also include college within my my career as a Marine. Uh, however, it was abruptly ended while I was in training, about a year and a half in the Marine Corps. Uh, down in uh, Texas, I woke up one day in my squad bay and uh, pretty much didn't remember anything except the ambulance ride on the way to the hospital. Um, and back in 1981, with about 72 Marines in an open squad bay, uh, they really didn't know what happened to me. Uh, it took them about 30 days in the hospital and several tests some EEGs to say, Mark, all you need is a break. Go home. We're going to send you home for some rest. Come back in 30 days. You'll be ready to ready to go, ready to charge the mountain, so to speak. Uh, I was sent home. I came back, and uh, about two weeks later in this same uh, duty station down in Texas, I had, a, I had another grand mal seizure. 
Um, I was fortunate that time because at the time there was another fellow Marine there that said, I know I've recognized this. Um, he had a seizure. My, my, my kid brother had seizures, and, and that's a seizure. Um, and what happened was that, that promulgated a whole testing, uh, a battery of tests in uh, Maryland um, at the Bethesda Naval Hospital. And, indeed, um, I was diagnosed with having uh, grandma seizures then after my second seizure. And, um, and then what happened at the Marines? Yeah, well, what happened was I didn't, I, uh, I was confused. I really didn't know what to do at that point. Um, I didn't know that, hey, I was going to be medical boarded out of the Marine Corps because not the fact that I have epilepsy, but the simple fact that I would have to take medicine and a daily uh, regimen of medicine, you're not allowed to be in the Marines. Uh, so my battle started then because I, I really fought to stay in the Marine Corps and I stayed in for almost a, a year and a half. Um, and uh, I finished my, my duty in uh, Philadelphia Naval Yard um, and uh, was medical boarded out of the Marines um, based on my epilepsy. Well, let me ask you this question now. How did you feel when you first found out you had epilepsy? What did you think? Um, I was shocked, uh, but for those of us that experienced grandma seizures, I was, I was, I was in a malaise. I was, I was not myself, and I was not myself for, for several weeks after that. Um, when I have seizures, um, the grandma seizure that I have pretty much knocked me out um, for a day plus, and then coming out of it, didn't think much about it and said, nah, this could not be happening to me. I'm, I'm not worried about it. Maybe, you know, I, I, was, I was kind of making up all excuses of, no, I don't have, I have epilepsy. No, this couldn't be. Um, but, in fact, it, it was true. And how about your family? What did they think? Um, they were shocked because there is no family history uh, of epilepsy. Um, and they didn't know what to do. Um, uh, it was interesting because my mother received a call from a, a congressman at the time. I believe it was uh, Peter Kostemeyer, going back to Kostemeyer days, and he said, um, we have a problem. Your son has an issue. He's on his way to the, to the hospital. And, you know, my mother was calling everyone but the uh, president at the time, trying to find out what was going on. Um, mm-hmm. So she, we were all shocked. Now, let me ask you this, Mark. Did people treat you differently when they found out you had epilepsy? Um, yes, absolutely. I was treated differently, but, but I have to tell you, Joyce, more, it was more in my mind than actual the treatment of everyone else around me. Um, it was, like you say, that there was a stigma associated to that, and uh, I just, I just, I felt that stigma. Um, I did feel a, a great difference of the way I was treated by people around me, but that also included, you know, my my feelings of myself and, and my self worth at the time. I am so glad you said that, because I'm writing an article right now for this uh, website that I write for, which is uh, Carmen Jones Website Solutions Marketing Group. And and she, you know, I I agreed to write articles for them over a year ago. My newest article I'm working on talks about what do you do when people say, "Hey, how are we going to change the way people think?" And of course, we're not going to change them overnight, but you can change. 
Right. And I think what Mark said is just so important because no doubt about it, the stigma exists, discrimination exists, unemployment for people with disabilities is sky high, but you know what? It is often more complicated because it's also how you think. And, and I think that point you just made, uh, you know, is so important about how you think. And also Mark mentioned he has grand mal seizures. There are 3 million Americans with epilepsy. I'm one of those 3 million with Mark. And in my case, I have similar to a grand mal seizure. You know, I have a tonic seizure where I fall to the ground, I'm unconscious, but I do not have a convulsion. And, and, but then afterwards, I'm totally, uh, you know, very tired or disoriented for a while. And it is amazing that the first time this happened to you, no one had any idea what it was. Yeah, it, it was it was kind of surprising. Um, it was embarrassing, um, and and more so, uh, I, I was perplexed as to why no one knew what it was that I was having. I mean, it was just the severity of, of the, the grandma. But keep in mind that when I had this happen to me, I went to a doctor, and they completely misdiagnosed what was wrong. So, you know, I, I'm not surprised, but I know that that does, it, it's, you know, it's a big shock when someone says to you, okay, you have to leave the Marines. So you, had, you were asked to leave the Marines due to the epilepsy. At that point in time, did that make you feel like giving up on everything? Well, it, it did, and, and one of the things that I talk about is leaving the Marine Corps. If you would have asked me, you know, in from 1981 to 2007, that you're you're going to be a father, you're going to be, you know, a successful businessman, you're going to be an Iron Man, I would have laughed. I would have said, "This is not going to be possible. It's just no way. It's not going to happen." And you thought that because of the epilepsy, right? Correct. Well, you see, and look what's happened to him now. Mark, when you did go into business, what is your business? Well, I was in uh, technology for quite a while. I worked for a healthcare information services company, and I found myself, I love technology, but I love, you know, talking to people and being involved in solutions. So I actually left the technology sector and went into the the sales component of that. So I, I sell technology now. And, and you are currently employed at a company? Yes. Um, Who do you work for now? I work for AttachMate, and basically what AttachMate does is they're a technology that allows people to uh, access the host systems like mainframes and integrate their data mm-hmm. through through various sources such as the Internet, uh, you know, other host Unix systems, mainframe systems, et cetera. And why I wanted you to talk about that is, as we go on throughout the show today and you're listening to Mark, remember, talk about being successful. He's not just doing one thing. It's not that all he, you know, he only has this incredible uh, athletic career. He also speaks across the country, motivational speaker, uh, humanitarian, giving back to the community, and successful businessman. All of these things he's doing. And that's what we're going to talk about as soon as we come back from break. We're going to go to break now. You're listening to Joyce Bender on Disability Matters on VoiceAmerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back to talk to the Iron Man, Mark Ashby.
world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Albert Einstein once said, Nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and Free Your Mind. Open your heart and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists, and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. And welcome back, and we're talking to Mark Ashby, superstar triathlete and Iron Man, who did all this as a person with epilepsy. And before we went to break, we were talking about, you know, dealing with stigma, breaking down stigma, about Mark being asked to leave the Marines due to epilepsy. And then, as I said to him at break, many people would have given up right then, but really turning everything around, against all odds, overcoming those obstacles. And, Mark, do you want to talk about that for a few minutes? Sure, sure. Um, I think one of the most important things that that I can articulate in, in the conversation is is just never ha- never giving up and never thinking about giving up. And uh, I always talk about when I have my grand mal seizures, almost like resetting the clock in your body. Uh, and what I mean by that is whether you're studying for an exam, for a test that you're going to have, or training for the Ironman, that that one seizure can set you back to the beginning of time that you lose all your training, you lose all your your uh, studying, and you, you just have to figure out a way and just keep that the positive attitude to move forward and to know that it's it's going to come back and and that you know it's just a temporary setback and and 
some of the things that we do are permanent. I mean, Iron Man, permanent. You can't take that away. Um, but you will forget the times that you have, you know, the auras or, or a seizure that will set you back in that training. Yes. Well, may I ask you, what or who gave you the motivation to do this? Because, as I just said, mm-hmm. it's one thing when you say, okay, I don't care, the Marines did this, I don't care, I'm going to still go on. But yeah. not only did you go on, you chose, like, the most unbelievable, hardest Sure. task in the world that very few people in the world will ever accomplish, and that is being a triathlete and competing in the Ironman. Now, my question, what, what would you attribute to what or who gave you that motivation? Sure. Well, my dearest friend in the whole world, John King Marino, Johnny King, um, who's, who's known throughout Bucks County and Doylestown of spreading the cheer of triathlon to everyone, uh, he pretty much gave me the idea of, or put the idea of doing Ironman into my head. Um, he participated in the Lake Placid uh, Ironman in New York, uh, I want to say about five years ago. And I said, you know, I'll come up there and take a look at it, and, you know, who knows, maybe one day. And I'll tell you, it, it only took that, that one visit to Lake Placid to say, I'm definitely going to be there. I am going to do this. Um, at the time, I was doing different disciplines of triathlon uh, races. There's different, like, Olympic distance and sprint distances that just aren't quite as long as, as the Ironman event. But to be there and to experience that and to have my friend involved in that and his positive, you know, outlook on it was, Mark, you can do this. And he put it in my head, and then the culmination of my family's support just set me on my way. Now, when you are in the Olympics or in some competition and you're in a triathlon, for example, mm-hmm. explain to our listeners what is the difference between that and being in the Ironman. Okay. Well, the Olympics, let's say you're in the uh, U.S. Olympic team, there are different uh, disciplines, like I, I mentioned, in terms of the overall length of, of the race. Um, there are most of the uh, U.S. Olympic team is, an, is called an Olympic distance. It's just it's a shorter swim. It's not quite a mile swim, and the run is shorter, and then the bicycle is, is a, a shorter event. Um, but yeah, have no doubt that is still an incredible race, and it's an incredible achievement for everyone or anyone who who does that. Oh, that is. Yeah. But this Ironman is beyond anything that most of us could ever. Envision. So, how yeah. the heck do you train for an Ironman? Yeah, well, you, you get <laughs> you get great family support. Um, you you surround yourself by like athletes that are doing it, crazy people that <laughs> that want to do it, and um, you just you reach out and you, you get the knowledge of people that have done it before. Um, I was coached by Todd Wiley, who is a professional triathlete, and uh, his he was one of my motivators and one of my coaches that gave me the training schedule. I mean, you don't go out and and train 50 hours a week for something or 30 hours or make it a full-time job. You you work into it. Um, there's different phases within your training. Um, and then based on those different phases, the intensity uh, turns up and, and you take more on and more on throughout your training schedule. And, and time racing, time is... Uh, Ready? You're you're ready. You're jumping out of your skin, and you want to do it. <laughs> well, I have a question for you from sure. one of our listeners right in Pittsburgh, 
And that question is, congratulations, Mark, on being in the Ironman competition. That is phenomenal. My question to you is, is it possible to have a full-time job and train to be in the Ironman? And the, the answer to that is yes, without question, definitely. I think most people that take on Ironman become overtrainers initially. Um, but you can manage a fa- you can manage uh, your work schedule. You can manage your training schedule, and you can still be a father and, and still be a husband and and stay out of the doghouse and, and accomplish your Ironman. <laughs> yeah, and but I, I would say you also have to probably have that mental toughness too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's interesting because the, the acronym that I use in terms of approaching a race is one that I put together. I, I, I keep call, I call it my DRMP, and it's defining who you are. It's defining the race schedules that are going to give you the ability to work up to the Ironman, and it's the measurement of those races and then the personal reflection um, because there's so many times you're going to say, why am I doing this? Um, Saturday morning, you wake up and you know you have a, a hundred plus bike mile, a hundred plus bike ride to do. Um, wife's in bed, it's cold, or, or you know it might be raining that day, and, and you go out and you have to do it. You make no excuses. Make no excuses. Make no excuses. That's you. Make no excuses. Exactly. You know what I like about this is that what I believe about one of the problems of this high unemployment for Americans with disabilities, and Tony Coelho and I were just talking about this, is pity. And I'm very big on no pity. You know, people with disabilities don't want pity. They just want a chance to compete equally. And is this man not our example right here? He should be a role model for people with disabilities across the country. And there are 54 million Americans with disabilities. As I said, 3 million with epilepsy known. Because, you know, there are people that do not want to admit they have epilepsy. And talk about no pity. You know, Mark could have said, oh, I have epilepsy, okay, I'll train, you know, to run like in a 5K or something. He's doing the Ironman. I mean, this just is unbelievable. Now, let me ask you, when you told people that you wanted to be in the Ironman and then they found out that you had epilepsy, what did they say? It wasn't uh, a sign of, of discouraging me. Um, my neurologist, by the way, Dr. Stover Wiggins, is also a triathlete. Um, so it, it's just a matter of being able to manage your medication, um, making sure you're on top of things because your body's going through so many changes. Metabolically, you're processing things a heck of a lot differently. Um, your body fat changes. Um, so... People were supportive, and it's interesting because I look back at this, and and the World Championship, the Ironman in Hawaii, they actually had Carlin Pipe. She's the World Masters champion swimmer. She was kayaking right next to me. I was her buddy, so if anything happened to me, she would pluck me out of the water. And I always laugh because one of the things she said to me is, uh, Mark, aren't you worried about having a seizure when you're in the water? And I said, you know, Carlin, I never thought about it till now. Now you made me a nervous wreck. <laughs> but, well, that, uh, is a, that is a question, the same question that many listeners sent in about you being on the show. Yes. They wondered about Alan Fanica, who, of course, is a Pittsburgh Steeler. Sure. And that is, weren't you worried about being 
doing this and having a seizure in the midst of it? Mm-hmm. And what's the answer? And the answer is no. I, I am not worried about having a seizure in the race. I'm there to, to perform. I'm there to enjoy. Um, and if you look, um, I have an argument. I mean, I don't have a medical background, but I can tell you that it has proven that you know, I call it the red zone. I stay what's in the red zone. There's relaxation, exercise, education, and diet. And I look at the Ironman, it's exercise. It's the ability to release those endorphins in your body. And you're actually keeping yourself calm. You're, you're studying your, your, your brain pattern. You're not, it's not going sporadic. You're not going anaerobic and pushing things as, as, as uh, you know, a sprinter would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's if that right. makes sense. Yes, that does make sense to me. And I hope that everyone listening to the show, remember, when people tell you you can't do it, and I'm meaning you can't work, you can't have a job, look at him. I guarantee you there would be many people that will tell, would have told him, what, being an Iron Man, are you out of your mind? You have epilepsy. There are people that would say that, but see, here's the difference. He didn't think that. He didn't believe that. And look what he's done. I hope you're listening because he's an example of overcoming those stupid ideas that people have about people with disabilities. With that, we're going to go to break for a minute, and then we'll be right back with our Iron Man and a friend to all people across the United States and the world who have epilepsy or disabilities. Our Iron Man who's saying you can do it. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com, where disability does matter. We'll be right back with Mark Ashby. From our home to your speakers, VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. 
Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back, and if you just tuned in, we are today talking to Mark Ashby, a triathlete who has been in the Iron Man, how many times now, Mark? Three Iron Man. Three Iron Man, and also a person with epilepsy. As I said, a role model for all people with disabilities because he is doing the most unbelievably outrageous race in the world, as I told people earlier, uh, swimming for 2.4 miles, a 112-mile bike ride, and then running a marathon. Now, this is all in the same time. I mean, can you? Uh, I can't imagine... Even getting through that bike ride and saying, okay, now I have to go be in a marathon. I mean, that is just astonishing. And again, a person with epilepsy. And if you want to read more about Mark, by the way, he was on the front cover of Epilepsy USA. And you can go to the website and read a lot about him. Uh, but uh, I would recommend him, if you're listening to the show, great speaker for any conference. So many young people who have epilepsy have given up. So discouraged, what a role model for them. And speaking about that, Mark, we have a question from a listener in Virginia. Sure. And the question is, Mark, with everything you have accomplished in your career, is there any other goal you have set for yourself that you would still like to achieve? Well, that's a, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, in, in terms of... Uh, yes, there are. There are several, uh, and I, I define them through athletic. I, I define them through educational. I define them through personal goals. Um, and I would say athletically, um, I would like to uh, go back to the Ironman in Hawaii uh, World Championship um, because uh, I guess I crossed over last year from being just a, a person to do the race to actually compete in Ironman, which is which is a total different uh, ball game. Um, as far as educationally, uh, I see myself getting more and more involved with uh, the disability, with epilepsy, with fundraising, with um, doing the uh, personal motivation, um, and just making sure that you know everyone knows out there that it's not the end of the world, um, and how to pick your pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Um, and also, you know, as, as a family and, and, and a, a parent, um, you know, I have three boys. I have a 17-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 9-year-old. So it's being the best dad I can for them in terms of the goals is just spend as much time as I can with them. And then lastly, um, you know, my wife, um, Serena, who uh, she's a school teacher, and it's very hard for us to get time. So one of my... My goals there is, is to commit and, and make sure that we spend a heck of a lot more time together and do a lot more traveling. 
and I've got her bitten by the bug. She's going to do her first Ironman this year. So. Oh, you're kidding. Your <laughs> wife is going to do the Ironman. Yes, she is. Wow. She, yes. Congratulations to her. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. She signed up for doing Ironman UK. Um, so we're heading over there uh, August of next year to do the Ironman. And uh, one of my listeners sent in this question, how often are there Ironman mm-hmm. competitions and are they every year in the United States, or are they throughout the world? Well, it's a, it's internationally. It's through the world. Uh, and then there's world championships, which you have to qualify for, or you get a lottery or selected for, and that's the big one, which is in Hawaii, which I did in um, last year, um, 05. So um, I, I don't know the exact number of them, but pretty much... Um, if you find an exotic place, chances are they have an Ironman in that area. So, Well, let me ask you this. When you did your first Ironman competition, mm-hmm. when you completed because I know how I felt when I just walked this half marathon. Mm-hmm. You know, I, thought, I mean, I was so proud when I did that. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what you felt like when you <laughs> completed your first Ironman Especially knowing that you were a person with epilepsy, right. how did you feel, Joyce? I could I could tell you thinking about it. You just asking me that gives me the chills mm-hmm. uh, because I remember when I was finishing my first Ironman took close to fourteen hours to finish. It was the inaugural race in Ironman Arizona, and what I heard was when I went out for my run the pros were almost finishing their race. Um, so you want to talk about this, <laughs> a bite of reality. You still had to run 26.2 miles, and the finishers were coming over the line. Um, so, But I remember crossing the one particular area in Arizona, and I remember someone giving me a high five and saying, you hear that, you hear that? And I'm like, yeah, and they said, that's for you, man. You're an Iron Man. And then the voice of Iron Man, Mike Riley, announced my name. You know, said, Mark Ashby, Doylestown, Pennsylvania. You're an Iron Man. And I just, it just was unbelievable. All the pain from the day, all the struggle just left my body. And I was walking on air for the next several days, to be honest with you, except for actually that following morning I had major blisters that needed, <laughs> needed some special attention. But Wow. Yeah. Now, now, did you ever think you'd be able to do that when you had epilepsy? No yes. One. Yeah. I, I was not going to take no for an answer. I, I, I just, you know, I, I, I went to a fantasy camp where Paul Newby Frazier and Paul Huddle, two uh, Iron Men themselves, Paula uh, winning almost seven Ironman, seven world championships, and she helped in, in a great deal emotionally because of the fact of saying that you're going to have setbacks and you better have that answer of why you're doing it in order to stay to it. Um, so I wasn't just, I was not going to take no for an answer. And you had no problems when you were in this Ironman, uh, I mean, in, in relation to your disability, correct? That's correct. Well, that's correct, and, and a, a key key thing that all the listeners should know is that you you don't neglect getting your medicine levels checked. I mean, I know that some people are at three-month intervals, six-month intervals. Well, I was getting blood drawn every month um, to make sure that everything was good. 
Um, and, you know, like I said, I was in that red zone. So along with the exercise and education, relaxation and diet was key in order to, to you know, stabilize any, any issues. Now, Mark also met a uh, father-son that we just have to mention for a moment, the Hoyt mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. because, you know, if you ever have seen them in this Iron Man, it is just unbelievable. Can you tell our listeners about that for a minute, Mark? Sure. Um, Rick and Dick Hoyt, actually, uh, Dick does the Iron, he did up until this year do the Ironman and the World Championship, and his son is in a wheelchair. So basically, his 2.4 mile swim was, uh, with his son in a boat being pulled behind him. Mm-hmm. The bicycle, the 112 mile bike, was with his son sitting on a seat on his bicycle, and the run was in a wheelchair and him pushing his son. Um, he was born with uh, a uh, birth defect that basically uh, kept him in a, in a wheelchair, and um, from a conversational perspective, everyone said, there, there's nothing you can do. You know, your life is over. But he actually is a college graduate, and he is an Iron Man. He is an Iron Man. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, another great example of not listening and doing whatever you want to do and believing that you can do whatever you want to do. Now, that was your first Iron Man you talked about, you know, mm-hmm. when you said, boy, Joyce, you asking me that, I get the chills. Mm-hmm. Now, now, your last Iron Man, do you feel the same way? Oh, absolutely. The, <laughs> the interesting thing was uh, I did in July, did the Ironman in Lake Placid, New York. Um, and I went there, and I went there to say I wanted to qualify for Hawaii. And to qualify for Hawaii in my age group, I had to turn into a time around 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could not hold back on anything. I, I had the personal best swim. Um, I got out of the water, I believe, in around an hour and some odd minutes, 12 or 13 minutes. My bicycle, incredible bike. I think I biked about 21 miles an hour for the 112 miles. And then I uh, got off and I transitioned into the run, and I was starting my marathon about seven seven hours and 15 seconds into the run. And I was saying, you know what, I'm going to make it. This is great. I'm, I'm there and everything's good. But... Um, Due to my nutrition, <laughs> my nutrition, um, I had some issues and uh, slowed my run down over an hour plus. So I did not make the uh, the uh, cutoff to to Ironman Hawaii, but uh, did finish. And uh, again, in terms of the chill factor, you know, here I am at 4 a.m. starting my day. My wife and kids are up um, watching me get ready, get my bike you know, tuned up, and they pumped up the tires and all my nervousness, and, and they're there for a 17-plus-hour day, and, and both uh, my, two of my sons, uh, Jacob and Jordan, ran through the finish line with me. Oh, that is so awesome. Yeah, with their that, hands up high. <laughs> yeah, that is so awesome. So what's your best record so far, Mark? Um, I believe it is New York. Uh, it was 12 hours and 40-something minutes. I just don't know the exact. I think I want 12.42. 12 hours. 12 hours and 42 minutes, yeah. Oh, 12 hours. I'll tell you what. You are a champion. And, and I, I want to ask you a, a question about uh, something. 
Sure. Many young people who have epilepsy, and I've, I've talked to so many across the country, as all my listeners know, I own Bender Consulting Services. I employ people with disabilities. We're in 16 states. I'm always looking for people with disabilities seeking employment, always, in IT, finance, HR, um, always. We're always hiring people. So, But I start young. I start going into high schools, talking to young people with disabilities, and I can't begin to tell you how many parents have told me their children have been told not to be involved in sports because they have epilepsy. I'm wondering, what is your opinion about that? Uh, I get extremely upset when I hear that because, um, uh, again, I'm, I'm speaking not from a medical background. Uh, I'm not a doctor, nor am I uh, a person that's, that's on a school board or, or a coach on, in school. But I have to tell you, you're missing a good part of your life, and you're missing a good part of growth. And it's a character builder. Sports is character building. Um, and I would say just find a sport that fits you and, and, and participate. Uh, it, and don't be embarrassed. You know, before I got off the phone with you, I had a swim workout. And it's, it, you shouldn't be embarrassed to go to the lifeguard and say, excuse me, I'm swimming in lane two. I have epilepsy. Do you mind keeping a close eye on me? There shouldn't be anything wrong with that. There shouldn't be anything wrong with the kid that wants to play football in high school and say, you know, I have epilepsy and hold his head up high and, and participate because you've got to take that step. And I agree with Mark, and I want to remind all of you listening to the show that only a few weeks ago our guest was Alan Fanica, who plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers and who has been in the uh, Pro Bowl for several years in a row, defends the quarterback 300 pounds, and he has epilepsy and has disclosed this. It speaks to young people all across the country. And, you know, I always say, what makes you think that what happened couldn't be me? You know, I'm not in sports. I wasn't in athletics. I was standing at a movie theater, had a tonic seizure and hit the floor so hard, I fractured my skull, had a brain hemorrhage, you know, rushed to the hospital, had brain surgery. I wasn't playing sports, folks. I was getting a Diet Coke at a movie theater. Do you know what I mean, Mark? This mm-hmm. can happen to you at any time. It, it can. It can. And, uh, you know, obviously there's certain uh, conditions or certain responsibilities that you have with epilepsy. You wouldn't get behind the wheel of a car if you didn't have controlled seizures. Um, you know, you, you wouldn't do certain things, but by all means, don't limit what you do based on the fear of having something happen um, because... Um, you're, you're just you're going to miss out a, a significant part of of, of life and a, a great experiences. And may I ask you, Mark, when you decided you wanted to be in the Ironman, mm-hmm. did you then go to your epileptologist and ask him? Oh, absolutely. Yes, and what and what did he say? <laughs> he laughed at me. He said, "What are you nuts?" <laughs> Um, but it had nothing to do with the epilepsy. It had more to do with what I'm going to put my body through in order to get there and the training that's involved. Um, yeah, you see why I'm pointing this out. Mark is responsible. 
you know, we're not saying go do something, just go do it. He went to his epileptologist. If there's something you want to do, you know, in sports, go to your doctor, find out what can I do, what are my limitations, and here's the other thing. You know, remember what he said. I really do believe that building up your self-esteem through through something like this and the exercise is going to help you. Well, no matter what, we know that exercise is good for your health overall, no matter what. But, you know, we're not saying to do something stupid. I cannot, you know, be the air traffic controller. You know, there are things I can't do because I have epilepsy, but there are a lot of things I can do. So, you know, don't just... Don't just assume when a friend or someone says you can't do it. Don't listen. Go to your doctor and find out why can't I do it? What can I do? Because there, even as Mark said, when he swims, you know, telling the lifeguard, "Hey, I'm in this lane. I have epilepsy. Watch me." See what he's doing is he's a person that's responsible, but he's still achieving all these goals. That's why he is a champion. And as far as I'm concerned, at Bender Consulting Services, we will be getting a poster of him and putting it up at our office as a true sports champion. But right now we're going to go to break, and then we'll be right back to finish the show with Mark Ashby, Ironman champion, a person who's making a difference for people with epilepsy and other disabilities. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Conversation at a click of a mouse. Voiceamerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. At least 90% of sports success requires mental strength. And the greater the competitive level, the more critical it becomes to build that mental muscle. Tune into Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Your host, Jim Meyer, sports psychology coach, consultant, and author, offers practical, powerful, and positive mental game, tools, tips, and techniques. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental game with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most 
recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Well, welcome back. And if you just joined us, what a great show we've had today. We've been talking to Mark Ashby, the Iron Man who is really speaking out for people with disabilities, specifically epilepsy, as he is a person with epilepsy who has overcome so many things in his life by all of his achievements today. And a question I have for you, Mark, is I'm wondering what was harder for you, completing the Iron Man or dealing with your first seizure and the realization that you had epilepsy? Mm. Um, the first Iron Man in comparison to my first seizure mm-hmm. um, it's it's there's just no comparison there at all um, so it would I would have to say it would be the seizure yeah and you know that is because I know how he feels because of course I have epilepsy and I always tell people that unless you have had seizures you really can't understand you know what this is like mm-hmm. uh, but it is overwhelming let alone the fact that you know he was asked to leave the uh, Marines because he had epilepsy, it, it is really an overwhelming feeling. And, Mark, what is the reason you think that so many people who have epilepsy do not disclose that they have epilepsy? I, I think there's a, a fear of discrimination, but I think there's also, uh, as we referred to earlier in the conversation, that stigma. Um, you know, it, it's... Instead of saying, yes, I have epilepsy, quietly with your head down, you know, and saying maybe they don't hear it, um, I say raise your head high and say, yes, I have epilepsy, and guess what I'm doing? Um, and and make it loud and, and, and be positive and put the spin around it because um, that that's probably it right there. Yes, because Tony and I just had a meeting with someone before the radio show, Tony Quello, the author mm-hmm. of the Americans with Disabilities Act, who also a uh, former congressman who disclosed he had epilepsy. And one of the people we were meeting with said how one of his siblings for years would have seizures, and the reason was he was ashamed he had epilepsy, mm-hmm. and he would stop taking his medication. Then he would have a seizure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he'd start taking the medication, he'd be fine. Then he'd stop, he'd have a seizure. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, he, he doesn't want to talk about it. Sure. I think there, there's two things, twofold. Uh, number one is the medicine in general, because um, we're all familiar with side effects. Uh, and fortunately, I've been on medicine that limits my side effects. I, I've been taking it, and now I'm on a time-release medication that's even better for me. Um, so it, it's the point that it's just uh, uh, every day. You know, I know i got to take it in the morning. I know I take it at night. And I know if I don't have the seizures, it's because I'm taking the medicine. Um, but also associated with that is your lifestyle changes because 
you know if you're taking the medicine, you're not drinking alcohol or you're limiting your alcohol intake if you are drinking at all. Um, so it, it's that lifestyle change that people, you know, I could see it be very difficult for someone to adapt to. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, again, you know, one thing that I wanted to emphasize in reference to the medicine, I was on four different types of medication before I got to the drug that worked most efficiently for me. So but you, you kept you kept going on to find the right medication. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I could talk about horror stories about you know what I used to take and and kind of what happened and the side effects associated to that. And yes, ab- absolutely. It's just, it's perseverance and it's the ability to work with your doctor and let them know and, and and get in there and get your blood drawn and making sure that your levels are correct and. And one of the things that I wanted to comment on is, is the ability to keep a journal, too, because I think that's incredibly important. I don't know if you do that or participate in that. You mean if I keep a journal myself? Yes. I have, I have off and on written in a diary, but I am a big advocate of this. I tell young mm-hmm. people with disabilities all the time mm-hmm. that they should keep a journal because then they would notice what days do they feel great, when do they not feel great? What did they eat the day before? Did they exercise? Did they get their sleep? What did they do? Because just as Mark mentioned, you know, when you have epilepsy and you start drinking alcohol, I mean, sure, there are people, uh, you know, maybe very, you know, very rarely I have half a glass of wine mm-hmm. because I really was never a big drinker to begin with. Mm-hmm. But, but I know that if I would be drinking, that's as if you've never taken the medicine. You know, that's what it does. It just totally diminishes the impact of the anticonvulsant medication that you take. Correct. And so the number one cause of people having seizures is, A, not taking their medication, and number two is alcohol. Correct. Whereas if you keep a journal, I think that's what you're meaning, especially someone like you being in the competition, mm-hmm. you probably can see the difference with what you eat and everything. Am I right? Yes, and, and I think also in terms of um, me and, and I found it difficult at first, but one of the side effects is, is a mood change in, in medication when you take your medicine um, and the ability to identify, you know, it's associated to the medicine and, and how to break that chain is, is key. Um, so that comes out as well when you're, when you're doing your, your journal. You know what I admire about you, Mark, is how responsible you are and I guess this goes with being a Marine, because once a Marine, always a Marine, no matter what happened in Ooh, the uh. past. And I say that when you, have, when you have a disability, you have to be responsible. You know, me, for example, if I don't get enough sleep at night, I would start having seizures. Mm-hmm. So I keep, you know, I'm careful about all those things. Mm-hmm. And, but you have to be responsible about all those things. It's the same thing if you have other types of disabilities. I don't care if it's physical, like this, or if it's a psychiatric disability. You know, there are people, they stop taking their medication. That's when they start having problems. Right, correct. So, Mark, before we go, I have two last questions that I ask every guest that's ever been on my show for the past three and a half years. And the first is, you know, you have, obviously, as we've stated, accomplished so much already in your life. What are you the proudest of today? Uh, I think I'm the proudest of where I am today. 
and what I have achieved in terms of, you know, being a husband, being a father, uh, being an athlete, and being a business person. Um, it's associated to, you know, I, I have this one song, I don't know if anyone listens or watches The Biggest Loser on television where they go through that massive weight gain. They have this song that says, what have you done to make yourself feel proud today? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm proud of. It's not looking at everything collectively, but individually, what that one thing that I made myself feel good for that particular day, what am I proud for? Um, because you're constantly trying to achieve new things. Um, but looking back, it, it's, you know, it's, it's my wife, Serena, it's my children, it's my, my Iron Man, obviously, and it's my, my friendships, my friendships. And really, that is so great because it isn't just one thing. It's many things. I always tell people it's not just one thing. No. It's many things that got you to where you are right now. And one of those things is, of course, believing in yourself. Uh, but that, that is a great answer that you gave. So, Mark, if you had a message that you would like to leave with our listeners today throughout the world, what would that message be? Okay. The message that I would like to leave is I'm going to, I'm going to read the two sentences. And the gentleman's name is Mark Allen. Mark Allen was a professional triathlete. Um, and he had stated, unless you test yourself, you stagnate. Unless you try to go way beyond what you've been able to do before, you won't develop and grow. When you go for it 100%, when you don't have the fear of what if I fail, that's when you learn. That's when you are really living. And that's the message that I want to give to everyone today. Well, that is a great message. And who is that from again? Gentleman's name is Mark Allen. He was a professional triathlete. He's since retired. Well, he obviously has a great message and had a great impact on you, that's for sure. But, Mark, we always end our show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader, or a champion, and today it is from Mark Ashby, May fifteenth, two 2006, where he said, I think humans are capable of doing far more than what we would or could ever imagine, and a good portion of us don't challenge ourselves as much as we should, physically and mentally. I'm of the opinion that you should never say no to anything unless you try. And if you have the spirit to try, you should have the power to succeed, said Mark Ashby in Epilepsy USA. Mark, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And to all of my listeners, remember, don't give up. We'll see you next week. This is Joyce Bender on VoiceAmerica.com, where disability does matter. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.